It's time for Dodger baseball. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! There it goes! See ya! The sports department at WFUV and the history behind it are a story largely untold. That is, until now. The voices that have shaped the student-run station for the last seven decades dive into their time at Rose Hill. This is the Off the Air Podcast, the legacy of WFUV Sports. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Off the Air Podcast, diving into the legacy of WFUV Sports with some of the station's most prominent alumni. Glad to be with you this week alongside my partner, Dylan Balsamo. I am Jimmy Sullivan. We'll be joined momentarily by Mike Moriarty. He's a reporter for AP Radio, CBS Radio, Fox Sports Radio. Graduated from Fordham in 2005. Had a decorated WFUV career that included game coverage and broadcasting for both Fordham football and Fordham basketball. Dylan, I'm always so fascinated to get to talk to these alums, get their perspective on things. And Mike's a guy who covered a lot of cool events in his four years at Fordham, and he still gets to do that now covering all the local teams. So really looking forward to getting to sit down with Mike and pick his brain a little bit. You know, it's it's really fun, Jimmy, because, well, for one thing, off the air is one of my favorite things we do here at FUV. It's just, it's so fun to be a part of and just to experience. But also with someone like Mike, especially, who has just been around everything the sports world has to offer over these last couple of might even you could say decades at this point considering you came before in 2001 you know you, you hope for someone like like you or I we could just really be a sponge and 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 take in just all of his experience and and almost experience the things he has secondhand with him and, and perhaps get some advice also along the way certainly the advice definitely a, a good aspect of it and he's a guy who you know, came to FEV, as you said, 20 years ago, 2001. So uh, fairly young alum, at least you know, as I look at it. And uh, looking forward to this conversation. And Dylan, I believe it's your first off the air, if I'm not mistaken. This so, is my first episode. Yes. So tr- treat me nice. I, we will. We will. Welcome to the pod, Dylan. Uh, good to have you with us. But yeah, it's great to always get to get advice from the alums, find out, you know, what they went through, how the process has changed, particularly the recent alums because of their place in the media landscape. Mike was one of the first interns at Sirius is then Sirius now Sirius XM. And so a lot of cool experiences from him from that perspective as well, being that he has seen the evolution of sports media in the last 20 years or so, Dylan. Well, yeah, it's, it's very interesting because, you know, it's no surprise to anybody that the last, you know, 20 years of, of sports media or just media in general have been so incredibly revolutionary is really the only word you could use to describe it. Uh, it's changed how you and I take in sports completely. You know, you and I know a thing or two about what's going to happen in a Mets game today uh, hours before we would know it. Um, in, in the days of even some of our like older cousins, let alone parents, so it, it's an incredibly, it's a, it's a whole new world that um, uh, Mike's generation has really been landscaping the last 20 years. And, and it's, it'll be very interesting to hear his words on how exactly that's gone. Certainly will. Let's find out more about this week's guest from our own Nick DeLuca. This week on Off the Air, Mike Moriarty. 
2005 Fordham graduate, Mike served as an on-air talent and pro beat reporter in addition to hosting WFUV's one-on-one. -on -one. After his time in the Bronx, Moriarty became a public relations director at DeBella Entertainment, writing media and press releases and promoting boxing events. Mike transitioned to a freelance radio broadcaster, providing on-air radio coverage and interviews from professional and collegiate teams in New York City and the tri-state area. He conducted post-game interviews and sound editing for many companies, including Associated Press Broadcasting, Metro Networks, WFAN, ESPN Radio, CBS Sports Radio, and Sirius XM. He also provided coverage for visiting radio stations that include Boston, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Chicago. Here's the Off the Air podcast with Mike Moriarty. Mike, good to have you on the show. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on, guys. I really uh, appreciate it. It's uh, be fun to talk about this. So, Mike, I want to start with where we are now with the pandemic and what we're dealing with now. How different has it been for you to cover games? Obviously, no you know, locker room access. What has that experience been like for you over the past year and change? Totally, uh, totally different, obviously, in terms of the, um, the access that we're getting, the relationships that you're building um, on a daily basis, whether it's post-game, pre-game, um, going through, you know, basically doing this, being on Zoom with a player. They, you know, teams are kind of choosing unless you really, uh, you know, are stringent on what players are available, kind of who is a top player of that game they pick, um, go through that way. You're not really roaming around a locker room. So um, in terms of, you know, I've been at some games, most times at home um, recently, and it's been super different, but, you know, um, good in terms of, you know, uh, getting access to where you need to, everything's recorded, you're not missing anything. Um, so if you need to, you know, used to be, going back from one locker room to the other, especially if it's not a highly covered game or something like that, where you don't have a lot of reporters at a game, but you can kind of help each other out, you know, going from the LeBron locker room with the Lakers and running back to the, the Nets locker room and making sure that you get Durant or whoever, um, you're not really missing anything. Most teams are recording everything, archiving it on their media websites. Now it's just become super easy to access everything. So that's been good. Um, but definitely no more, you know, you, you ask your questions that you ask and, you know, that's pretty much it for your night. You're not, you know, you're not too many follow-ups warranted. Um, you know, the way that some of the teams give access is a little different. So, but overall it's totally, totally different, not being at games either. I mean, I'm really not at as many games as I was, you know, there was a time where I could be at four or five games a week. Um, and it's, you know, uh, it's totally, totally different. You know, even when I am at games, obviously it's just kind of doing this sitting in a, press box, watching a game, um, covering the game, taking down your notes and, you know, logging into the, to the zoom and, you know, you ask whatever questions you can, hopeful that other reporters that are, you know, well seasoned and have been there a long time or are there every single day are asking the right questions too. And, um, you know, figuring out your audio packages and your, and your sound bites that way. Mike, thank you again for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. I'm really curious about, you know, when, when COVID first hit, um, early March of, of 2020, that first week must have been incredibly strange. I'm very curious of what that first like week or so was like for you. And, you know, especially since you cover so many stuff, 
so many things nationally, excuse me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I just remember it's a great question. Though. I remember the, the first, um, uh, I was having uh, breakfast with my four-year-old at a diner and I was scheduled to cover the big East that night on the Wednesday night. And that's when they had the half St. John's game that just stopped. And that was, it was weird because literally everything else had been canceled that, you know, that whatever Tuesday night, that's when the Rudy Gobert diagnosis came in in Oklahoma city and all that kind of stuff. So um, for the big East to, I was still scheduled to go to New York that night and do that. And, you know, it's everything totally changed. Everything stopped. And that was kind of how, how it worked for me. Um, You know, and then in terms of the game coverage, you know, the stories kind of pivoted to how were teams dealing with COVID do teams have anybody with COVID? So, and again, it kind of automatically moved over to the, to the zoom portion of it um, before seasons were canceled, obviously. Um, And then the moving on to the, you know, the the July restarts and the NBA, um, you know, games were then there were then obviously games to be covered. And I was covering the stuff down in Disney from my couch (laughs) Um, and, you know, those sorts of things and baseball, obviously restarting and, and all that. But the start of it was so strange to just have, you know, my normal schedule was, I mean, 10, 15 years of Big East. If there's any local NCAA first round, if there's an East regional here within the New York, Brooklyn, Philly area, be there and and then go on from there, then move right into the baseball season and, and kind of go on so on and so forth. So that it's, it totally changed things. Um, and, it, and it, you know, not being at games really from middle of March through uh, whatever that was. I mean, and again, not being a game, really the first game I was at, I think was uh, I went to one of the first Yankee games just to see how it was or one of those workouts when they had that summer training deal. Um, and then even being at that, you know, with the, with the temperature checks and, you know, uh, that's before obviously vaccines were around and things like that. So um, it's just totally, totally changed. I, I really haven't, you know, in terms of the, the coverage of games, football, I was at some of the games this year, um, which again was, you know, the whole questionnaire deal and stuff like that. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it was definitely strange not being at any arena stadium from March through essentially about, you know, July or August. Talking with Mike Moriarty on the off the air podcast, WFUV alum class of 2005. Let's get into your time at WFUV. Obviously got to do a ton of different stuff, covering games, you know, basketball broadcasts, football broadcasts. I want to go back to when you first decided you were going to come to Fordham. We're recording this in early May. A lot of you know high school seniors around now decide where they want to go to college. How much, if anything, did you know about WFUV, about the program at WFUV Sports when you made your decision to ultimately attend Fordham? When I made my decision to attend Fordham, I knew it existed. Um, I knew WFUV, WFUV Radio existed. Um, I thought I wanted to be a sports writer. Uh, and I went, you know, I, I applied to colleges kind of that way as well. I applied to Fordham too. Um, my dad always told me about Fordham. Um, thought thought it was great. The only reason I really knew about the radio station was kind of two prong. I knew that they did sports because I heard. Uh, well, the first prong is that my dad listens to Kill McGill, the Irish show on Sundays. Um, so I, I knew that it existed that way. Um, and then I knew, for whatever reason, the radio was on on a Saturday. And I think it was either, I, I don't think I officially heard one-on-one, but I think I heard a report essentially from, um, I want to say it was from the Subway series or something like that, that I knew. And I heard, you know, I, I want to say it was maybe Andrew Bogus or something like that. Andrew Bogus WFB Sports as the tagline. I'm like, wait a second, this isn't like 
you know, somebody nationally at the AP radio, this is somebody that works for WFEV and is at the subway series. Like what is even going on there? And then um, I got into Fordham, started that, um, that first, you know, week of August in 2001, saw the, the club fair, saw it on Eddie's parade, and then just went from there, went to the first workshop. And I knew that it existed. Again, I didn't know how far reaching it did exist in terms of what was available. I figured it was football, basketball, play-by-play, which it really, that's pretty much, and some women's games, some women's basketball games at that time was pretty much um, it in terms of forum game coverage. But then I, I had no idea about the beat reporter stuff at all um, and how much Bob Aarons, which obviously everybody that, that does um, this show or has anybody from about the late 90s on um, has dealt with and it has been our, our mentor and been terrific to all of us. Um, given us the access. I mean, there's so many times that he fought for our access to games. I mean, you guys will know the history of even before I was there getting, you know, what, like one Mets credential a week or something like that. Or, and now, you know, you guys are traveling, covering the all-star game of world series and, and things of that nature. But yeah, I didn't know, uh, I guess the far ranging reach of WFU sports, but I knew somewhat about it, but I knew I wanted to do it once I realized that, you know, I could be on the air or do something there um, when it was, back on the third floor Keating. So Mike, I want to ask you about something that I think happens to every person who comes through the FUV sports department is that you try out everything that is an option to you. And there, and there are certain things you come in knowing you really want to do. And then and you, you kind of answered this, but uh, things you, you know, you really want to do. And then you go, Oh, maybe that's not actually for me. Then you try something where you had no idea you would even have liked that. So can you tell us about your experience of trying everything and, and finding yeah. different things that you enjoy. Yeah, it was, it, it was, you know, I really tried to be, you know, tried to just dive into whatever I could, whatever, you know, even as my, my years went on, um, you know, going to game coverage, going into back. I think, I think the first thing I ever did on air was as a freshman, probably later in the year, um, there was a story or a movie surrounding uh, Joe Lewis and Max Schmeling, their boxing match in Yankee stadium. And um, there was a backstory of it at that time, Bill Gallo, who was a cartoonist for the New York Daily News, had um, done some stories around it, was at those fights and did that. And Bob was, you know, really into that story. And I love boxing. And uh, that was really my first avenue into being on air. I did a small piece on a one-on-one when I was a freshman. Um, so that I definitely liked the on-air portion of it. But then, you know, learning how to cover a game, how to use a microphone and a recorder, you know, it, it seems so... Um, so far away and technology wise so crazy that you know learning how to use a recorder and a microphone when everybody has an iphone now and things like that but um you know learning how to do that cutting highlights was the first thing that many of us i saw joe bono's um interview doing this and that was one of the first things he had said he did was cutting yankee playoff highlights cutting Fordham football highlights when they were good and won the patriot league um so learning how to use that you're learning how to use um you know, an, an audio editing system. Cause I, you know, I, again, I didn't have knowledge of that. Most of us didn't and learn how to do that. Um, cover a game, be professional at a game. I don't think I got a chance to cover a game maybe until my summer of, of freshman to sophomore year, but life in the minors, you know, covering a baseball team every day, Staten Island Yankees, Brooklyn Cyclones. Um, and then the technical side, um, more so for me on the field side, learning how to engineer a game on the field and how that sets up and how to connect back to the station um, it was a way for me in. And e- even before that, um, you know, again, it seems archaic, but the spotting stats slot when I was 
whenever a freshman and Fordham football was really good and they, they liked having somebody do that. And I was happy to go. And I think at that point, um, you know, when we played in the Patriot league final and did that, I, I offered to do spotting and stats and, um, you know, travel with Mike Yam and drive up there whatever, the day after Thanksgiving and do, we did then when they played uh, Northeastern in football in a playoff game and then Northeastern in basketball at night, which, you know, those sorts of experiences and, you know, learning how to do that sort of thing, but more so, you know, on the technical side, the field engineering, you get to games that way a lot sooner too. You get to be a part of games. You get to go on, you know, if there's a, somebody needs an opening in a pinch and you're able to go, you know, you're able to travel with the Florida basketball team and, you know, get experiences like that. And, you know, from that it kind of branched off into doing color commentary and, you know, sideline reporting and, and all things like that. But it's, it's totally, there's, it's really what you make of it and learning how to do everything there. It's, it's totally um, the best idea to, to just branch out. I mean, many, you know, obviously the, the lineage of, you know, Papa and Breen and Carino and Spiro and Ryan and everybody, you know, a lot of them probably go in there with the mind of, Hey, I want to do this play by play, but all of them learned how to do a lot of different things too. Obviously they all excelled extremely well at all at that. Um, but it's great to learn and know how to do a lot of different things. And I definitely think I tried to take advantage of that. And I think most of our class did that, um, you know, especially, you know, our class was a big class that, that came through there for whatever reason in um, 01 or 02 um, as we came through. And, you know, we all seem to just kind of branch out and do as many things as we could. Mike, you've referenced Bob Aarons on a couple of occasions. And as you said very rightly before, everyone who has worked for an extended period of time at WFUV over the last 20 or 25 years has, you know, a Bob Aarons story, usually stories, plural. What are some of those for you? What were some of your fondest memories of getting to work with the great Bob Aarons in your time at WFUV? Just learning, uh, learning different things, sitting there on a, you know, in the grand scheme of things, a life in the minors report on a three hour open on a three hour one on one show. You know, what's the importance of it? I don't know. But <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but to go through that and make sure that you fine tuned it make sure that you had, you know, I think at the time, Andy Stankowitz was the manager of the Staten Island Yankees, make sure that you had the correct out cue on a soundbite, making sure it sounded right. Um, making sure everything kind of really sounded professional and nothing. If you ever listen back to really anything, obviously you guys are at a whole nother level than we even were, but if you really listen back to any of the pieces that we did, they're so professionally done because Bob would sit there when we would go through, Oh, I, he, he would hear something and you would have to edit it. Um, so stories like that sitting in a really small studio, um, going through your piece, waiting, you know, to kind of go through and see how, see what he thought, see how your voice was, obviously seeing how you intertwine maybe some music in or, or things like that. So stories like that. And just, he was so, um, he was so selfless, I guess, is the word in terms of his time. It was never about him ever, um, which I think was totally helpful to all of us that have ever went through there is that all he cared about was making sure that we got the opportunity and then we did whatever we did with that. But making sure that the WFUV got was there, um, got its, I guess it's, it's success. It's, you know, all of its member success, all of its student success um, and, and do it, you know, as best as we could. But I think, you know, some, and then, and then just, and also just the funny stories of, of being at different games with him, um, you know, when he would show up and help out um, in terms of production, you know, doing our live Yankee stadium yearly show and, you know, him helping out and really just, but he would, like he was such an intent listener um, and he would just be really proud of us if we, you know, if we ended up doing a good job and um, 
so I think there, there's a lot of special things. Obviously, everybody can talk for hours about Bob, but special things that I would say are the amount that he really was an advocate for us and the amount that he pushed us to just chase different opportunities. I mean, crazy one, you know, crazy coverages and, you know, obviously it was, sometimes it was always on our, it was on our, on our own dime, but it was, <laughs> it was totally worth being, being at these experiences and having these experiences on your resume because it, it does help you excel both, you know, in your, in your sports career and in, and in your, in your regular career as well. Mike, uh, obviously in this industry, internships are such a big part of the experience, especially um, here in the New York area. Now, you mentioned to us that you were one of the first interns in that first intern class at Sirius XM radio, which must have been crazy. But I'm curious, I want to ask you about, you know, I think there's a lot of people who would think the future of sports media or any media in general was not in audio. But I think XM Radio and podcasting really proved us all wrong on that. Yeah. That's something you noticed. Can you tell us about your experiences there? When we, um, it was it was just a fun, it was a crazy experience to be there. Um, and then I was, we were we all basically stayed after too, did some sort of work after there. So it was, and everybody I think is everybody's still within the industry or sports um, industry. I mean, I'm, I'm myself. I'm you know I I do a, a regular you know, full-time business development job. And then I do this on the side and have, you know, a beautiful wife and four beautiful daughters. <laughs> so it's not my, I'm not, I'm not Mike Green clearly um, in terms of, you know, the success that I've had with that, but everybody else that was a part of that intern class um, is still, you know, Nick, Nick Costos was one of the first uh, interns there. He obviously, what he stayed on there for years and then did that um, and now does his his great shows with with the gambling on radio.com. Um, Nick Andrew who I did a lot of work with, um, he's the head uh, video guy for football at the University of Missouri. And Sean Butler is still at Sirius XM to this day. He's the executive producer for their NBA channel. So the success that I saw there was it was just I'm not sure if there was a big investors or whatever, but the, the production value and the technology that they had on two floors on sixth Avenue and 49th street was crazy in terms of every, you know, so many different sound booths, so many different stations. Obviously I think they were, you know, aided by a couple big acquisitions, like the, the different leagues and having all their play-by-play -play games and all that stuff, which is really what we um, kind of did at the start and then helped out on talk shows. And then obviously gaining some big talk show names and things like that. But um, I, when it first launched, I, I thought it was just, you know, kind of another thing. And it was certainly another thing in New York for us to do, you know, whether as a free intern or eventually turn that into a small job or whatever we did. Um, I, I, you know, I was obviously open to it. We, the four of us primarily, we worked a series XM NFL radio. So that was what we did. And so that was kind of the sports tie in with that. But um, I didn't, I didn't foresee that. I guess it's now almost 20 years later that series XM would be the, the, giant that it is and you know still and honestly at that point it was two different places Sirius and XM um, that were kind of competing and now you know 20 years later for it to be in most people's cars <laughs> it's a people you know and most people do listen to it or have some sort of access to it and then you know undoubtedly their recorded interview shows and I mean no matter what the the, the, the fingerprints of Sirius XM and satellite radio and radio in general are all over the podcasting you know boom um, that that is currently taking place. Um, so I didn't I didn't foresee I didn't know you know certainly didn't know what podcasting was back then, but I didn't foresee um, you know this kind of that basically that satellite radio would still be what it is today and even so much bigger um, than it what than it is. So certainly not in my car, that's for sure, Mike. Yeah. And I'll I'll uh, 
I'll bring up this point because, uh, you know, you've referenced a couple of times that the people you worked with, whether it was at FUV or Sirius XM, uh, in terms of WFUV, what was your relationship like with a lot of the people who you worked with, the upperclassmen, people who were younger than you? What were some of those special relationships like for you when you were a student at Fordham? I mean, it was it was a lot of my major friends were were from the station. We, you know, whether we were covering games, you know, what we we would just constantly find ourselves at the station when it was on Keating Third, um, and just kind of be there. You know, when we do have some free time, we wanted to, you know, be a part of you know kind of that experience, kind of be around. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, I spent a lot of summers. You know, I lived on Fordham campus covering the Yankees and Mets for. <laughs> for two years, um, you know, for a very nominal fee um, to live on campus. And, you know, me and uh, another guy who's still, um, you know, within the sports space in some respect, he, he does Yankees and Mets scoreboard is Pat Reichart. And we covered the Yankees and Mets for uh, a summer of 2002, 2003, when we were putting together the 100 year Yankee anniversary show. Um, basically, you know, we spent, you know, all of our time together, we would, you know, we would hang out, um, you know, have have fun in the summer in the Bronx and then go um, and go cover the Yankees and Mets every day. So it wasn't and be on the air and do our sports cast and, and, and things like that. So, you know, a lot of my major uh, friends at Fordham came from the radio station um, still to this day. Um, you know, we still, you know, are, are super friendly. We talk a lot, um, and, you know, especially when we see each other at games. Um, and then, you know, in terms of the upper class and underclassmen thing, I, you know, it was always great. I, even as a freshman or sophomore, being um, just spotter stats or field field engineer, it was never like, a, you know, who's this new guy? It was always, you know, I think uh, I was, you know, Andrew Bogish, Mike Yam, Spiro, who I, you know, Spiro and I would never even in, in school together. And I would see him when he first got his first couple jobs at the Nets and stuff like that. And he would treat me like, you know, he knew us forever. Um, so all, all things like that is, you know, it, it's always, it really is a brotherhood um, and sisterhood, certainly um, of, of people um, that, all really just wanted to do well and, um, you know, figure out and a way to, to keep, to keep the flame going in sports and, um, you know, be involved with it. And, you know, I think, you know, I certainly do value all the relationships from, you know, obviously from my Fordham university experience, but also my FEV experience totally. You know, something I'm really curious about is especially considering how much national stuff you've done. Um, what is the difference would you say between the New York media market and national media markets is it the fans is it just how big it is what what is it that makes new york so different it's it's the fans it's you know not every now it's a little bit different because most cities do have a sports radio station um but certainly if you listen and you're on the road or anything like that the passion is is probably not as much i mean certainly the, the northeast new york philly boston chicago some respect um people are still crazy rabid fans i think you know the amount of media that's the biggest thing too in a locker room, you know, on a, even on a random Yankees Tigers Thursday afternoon game, we got 20, 30 reporters. And oh, this is obviously before COVID, but you're, you know, you're in a pregame, you know, at least 15, probably 20, 25 reporters trying to chase who the next day starter is. Hey, you know, does Gardner have a twinged ankle, you know, something, whatever it is and every small thing, every little notebook item and, you know, the competition, I think, Again, I was never a sports writer, but the competition that always seems to be, you know, they're friendly, the writers that are there every day, but certainly they want to beat each other to, you know, the punch in terms of the post daily news, things like that. Um, the national events are um, less, they're, they're, they're obviously bigger stage, and, but less intense in terms of, I think, questions, um, you know, covering a major, you know, 
again, WFB gave us, gave us access and Bob got us in to do live shows as 18, 19, 20 year olds at the U S open golf. Right. I mean, it, it was, it was crazy to even say that we had our own booth. We did shows there all week. We did a live show on Saturday and, you know, you're sitting in interview rooms with Tiger Woods um, at the, the height of Tiger Woods. And, you know, you're hearing questions asked. And again, they're very general questions, I think, in the national sense. Um, you know, the amount of, you know, face-to-face -face access that you're getting is a lot different at a national event, even when the national event takes place here in New York, certainly. Um, whether it's an all-star game, NBA, baseball, um, you know, the Belmont, that, that sort of thing, you know, different events um, that were there. But, you know, I think, I think the, the intensity for a New York fan, the New York media market, the thirst for every single piece of information on New York teams and things that take place in New York is great from the fans. Um, but I think, you know, in terms of the national, it, it's definitely a different, you know, when I do work for, um, you know, a lot of times I'll work for visiting cities that do come in Chicago, Miami, Boston, things like that. Um, you could just tell, you know, what, which towns are, are really into what they need and, you know, the other towns that are just kind of like, okay, we'll just, we just need some, some reaction from the game when, you know, a town like Boston is totally like, we need, we want this reaction from, you know, we need to ask the coach this question, or we need to ask the manager this question and get an answer like that. So you could you could definitely tell, but it's, it's just, it's really good experience. You know, WFV allowed us to go to a lot of different things, both locally, obviously local games, national events. Um, and even towards the end of the end of my time at Fordham, you know, we were going to basically everything, you know, if you look at our summer schedule for some of our one-on-ones, it was, it was crazy. What we were literally all summer, we'd be at either a U.S. Open tennis, golf, some PGA tour event here, the hall of fame, you know, um, just, just crazy about it. The Belmont, Winifold was a triple crown, things like that. So. Mike, before we let you go, and this might sound a little corny, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. Uh, if you could go back and tell, you know, 18 year old you one thing as you went to Fordham as you embarked on your journey at FUB and then throughout your professional career what would it be whether it's advice maybe you know anything you do differently what what would that be advice would be just to uh, make sure that you get experience in everything um, make sure you know and that has to do with radio but also in general at Fordham make sure that you experience a lot of things Make sure that you enjoy your time, um, but work hard, study hard, study hard because it does matter, um, and you know, be able to to really um, just do a good job, you know, and know that you're, you know, you're kind of building the building blocks for what the rest of of your both professional life, personal life will be. Um, you know, there's a lot of different interesting interesting things that may happen and things like that. So I think, you know, I think advice would be to just make sure that you experience um, a lot of definitely professionally a lot of a lot of different situations and a lot of different skills and, and techniques um and you know just make sure that you you make sure that you work hard because you're going to end up having to work hard a lot in life so you gotta um you know while fordham is awesome and fun and great in that respect too and um you know socially and, and professionally um but you know it is it, it's it's a great um you know building block for uh for the rest of your life so you know definitely a great place to be Mike Moriarty, game reporter, Metro Networks, AP Radio, CBS Radio, Fox Sports Radio, and a member of the WFUV fraternity from the class of 2005. Mike, thank you so much for the time today. We really appreciate it. Best of luck with everything going forward. And again, really appreciate the time. Thank you, Mike. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. So our thanks again to Mike Moriarty for taking some time with us here today. Dylan, I was just struck by his range of experience. You asked him 
what I thought was a great question about the versatility and the diversity of experiences he had. You know, he he came to Fordham, he said, I want to be a sports writer, and then tried out different stuff at FUV and said, hey, here's a couple of things I liked. I think that is such a universal experience with people at WFUV. They come in, they think it's going to be one way, and then they try certain things and they think, hey, you know, I've got a talent for this too, and I think Mike discovered the same. Absolutely. it's it's He was a great guy to talk to specifically just because you know he was really willing to with every question we asked him he gave he gave us everything he had for that question um but yeah it's it's definitely it's such a universal experience it seems for all of us who come through fuv sports whether it be you or me or producer alex Wolves is with us right now or or really all of us that you know you come in with a certain idea of what it's going to be and i think we all specifically have the idea of whether that be doing play play by play for football or basketball or something um and then th there's just so much breadth to what is possible here. So much depth, excuse me, is probably the better word. Uh, that there's just there's just so much to do that uh, you could get lost in any different kind of direction. It's all so much fun. And he talked about you know the the first games he covered, like the first time you walk in a clubhouse, and we we don't get that because of COVID now. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't matter what team it is that you're covering. The first time you walk in, it's oh my goodness this is incredible. You look around, you see the, the logos, you make sure you don't stand on the logo in the middle. That's like the cardinal sin. But nonetheless, I think FUV provides that experience where you could walk into a clubhouse and, and do it a lot over the course of a season. You're our Mets beat reporter now. You know, it's a different experience now, obviously. But yeah. when you do it for the first few times, then you can walk in and say, all right, I've got a job to do. And you could go be a professional and go get it done. Absolutely. There is something to be said about that. That first time, you know, for me, it was, it was the New York Red Bulls walking into that locker room was, was really something. Um, and, you know, I'd imagine for a lot of reporters who don't have the experiences that we get to have here at FUV, that might be something that hinders them at the beginning of their time professionally when they finally do get that job and they get that big break and get to do that. Uh, but, you know, by the time you come out of FUV, you know, if you're fortunate enough as, as, as you or I or, or, or a bunch of our friends have, have been, um, it's, it's, not old news, but we've seen it before, which is nice. Dylan, your first show go well? I think it went great, personally. I don't know about you. I, I share the exact same sentiment. we got to have you on more of these going forward. Again, our thanks to Mike Moriarty, class of 2005, for joining us. You can check out all episodes of Off the Air on WFUVsports.org, Apple, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Off the Air, the podcast. We'll catch you next week. Bye.